This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Ryan Farwell, Bill Cariola, Heather Van Waldick, and Michael W. McClure. And by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. I bet when he forced her into the sub-zero chamber, at the moment she was dying, freezing to death, she pushed at his face or, or grabbed at it. I wish he'd been... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute here. We're listening. We're trying to guess what happened here. Maybe Peter can tell us what happened. Relativity. Episode 32 in which Chris and Marta go to dark places. Oh, I get it. We located his body by the energy signal coming from the law recorder in the suit. Exactly. And I've talked to these before, and I learned that if you don't specifically tell them to stop recording... I'm looking into his suit. Uh, yeah, they'll just keep recording and recording. Can you see the recorder? It's just under the collar. Yeah, yeah, I see it. And look at the little green light still shining bright. That's why we were able to detect it. Right. So, uh, oh, it's still recording. It's recording what I'm saying right now. Hello, Peter, suit recorder. Mission Control Konyechny Central Computer. Central Computer responding. Are you monitoring this conversation? As always. Do you have a clear fix on the energy source we're discussing? I do, now that Dr. Mason is standing next to it. Can you upload the data from that log recorder? Affirmative. As long as the recorder is still powered, I can collect the data and store it in my own memory. Let's do that now, please. Certainly. Copying data now. How long will the process take? I will have all the data uploaded and stored with a preliminary analysis in 42 seconds. Yeah, I see it coming through the system now. Okay, uh, I know I should be making my way to the rear airlock to get that environment suit, but I don't want to miss any discussions you have about the recordings Peter made. We'll keep you in the loop, Doctor. Trust us. It looks like a lot of data. It's going to take a while to get through it, no matter what. Now, you said you've never been aft to the habitat, is that right? Uh, that is correct. Then you may not know that the aft airlock is not easily accessible from where you are. It's going to take you a while to get there, and you will need our guidance. I was afraid of that. What, do you have to wind your way through tunnels, or, or what? That's basically it. Uh, and when I come back, I will be carrying a clunky suit and a helmet, or, or wearing the clunky suit with the helmet. I'm afraid so. But I repeat, we need a thorough inspection of the freezer interior no matter what direction the ship takes from there. And of course you can't go in there without an environmental suit. And I am not going to take this one off Peter's body and put it on myself. I am not. And we will not ask you to. So I know I need to go, but but look, I, I keep thinking I should first do something about... Well, this is one of my friends lying here dead for days and exposed to the elements. I, I, I hate to you, just... You need to leave that body exactly as it is until we are sure we've learned everything we can from it. Yeah, I figured that's what you'd say. I don't mean to sound insensitive. For what it's worth, I'm deeply sorry you've lost another friend. It must come as quite a blow to learn that he was responsible for all of this. Was he? Do we, do we really know that for sure? That's a reasonable question. That's why we have to collect all the data we possibly can from his body and his suit and from everything he's handled and used I get it, yeah. I, okay, I'll start now making my way to this aft section. Somebody tell me which way to go. I'm putting Marcus in charge of this procedure, of guiding you through the aft section of the ship. Please tell me that's because you're going home. Uh, is 
that relevant? It certainly is. You're a person of integrity, and I heard you tell your mother you'd join her at home as soon as you could. And I now believe I can. Marcus, you've been paid a huge compliment. I'll do my best to be worthy of it. I have every confidence in you. Thank you, Doctor. I have the ship's schematics here, and I'm standing by to talk you through it. Switching to the public channel. All stations, this is the flight director. Dr. Mason is in the habitat and requires guidance to the aft airlock and back again. I have other urgent business to attend to, so Systems Engineer Marcus Dupree will act as director until I return. Give him any assistance he requires and follow his directions to the letter. Flight director going offline. And this is Marcus asking everyone to stand by. Do not hesitate to call me for any reason. Don't worry about a thing, boss. We have this. When did you start calling me boss? I never know what to call you. Dr. Mason calls you boss. I wouldn't use him as a role model for etiquette if I were you, but boss is okay if you want to use that. The point of what I was saying was, don't worry. I will try not to worry. Everybody here wants to do exactly what you'd do if you were here. Very good. And we also want you to go and take care of your mother. And I'm sorry if that embarrasses you. I never wanted this, to have everybody at Arecibo so involved in my personal life. Well, we are involved, because we all think highly of you. Uh, okay, um, understood. Thank you. We'll all be here whenever you come back. Darian and Prithi, I'll need you both in line for this. Mission Control to Kiyetsuni. Sophia? At last you come. You said you would come soon, and instead you stay behind. I'm here, Mama. And I promise you, I left as soon as I could. The mission has taken yet another unexpected turn. Your doctor is alright, so? Physically, yes, he's fine. But he did finally find the bodies of the rest of the crew. Um, we'd hoped they were somehow still alive, but... And he found all of them? They were all together in a freezer where it's hundreds of degrees below zero. How they got in there, we still don't know, or why anybody would do that to 18 people, so that's what I've been doing, listening to this nightmare unfolding. I'm so sorry to be so selfish. No, it's all right, Mama. I I did tell you I would be right behind you and come straight home, and I, I didn't do it. It's been a, well, I started to tell you it's been a terrible day. <laughs> I've never known a more terrible day. Oh, you must have. You've, you've survived so much. There were bad times when I was growing up, yes, and when your father got the virus and his mind was taken from him, yes. Those were terrible days. I was there, and I would say that was much worse than today. No, you see, a husband... You would not know this, because you have never married her. A woman knows she will most likely live to see her husband die. It is not a thing she wishes, but she knows it is true. But your daughter, your youngest child, you believe that you will not see her die. And that is a comfort to know she will continue after you are gone. And she will, Mama. That's why we did it. She was dying, and now she has a chance. No. No, I cannot get the picture out of my mind. I see it wherever I look, even with my eyes closed. Her sweet little face, just a mask, like a statue, lying there in that awful machine. I know she looks like she's dead, but suspended animation is not death. And one day, years from now, 
she will be awake and moving and getting cured for the virus that would have killed her. I know all of this. I do. But what I see in front of my eyes now is her face in that machine, that one lock of her hair that fell over her right eye. And to me, she looks like she is dead. And I know I will never hear her voice again. And I will never touch her again, never hold her in my arms. So in what way is she not dead to me? You still have me to hold on to. You are all I have left in the world. That is why I did not want to be here alone. I know, Mama. And I swear to you, I'm going to be here with you as much as I can from now on. There are other people at Mission Control, yes? Not as many as there were a year ago, I mean, there are people who can do your job. I I like to think I'm irreplaceable, but Let's move away from here. Get away from Puerto Rico. I have never liked this place. I can't leave here, Mama. Of course you can. We have moved a dozen times. We can do it again. On the other hand, I've been moving around all my life and would like to stop. You want to put down roots, yes. That is good. But not here. Somewhere else. I look back and I now see that we should never have left Germany. Oh, you and Papa loved teaching in Italy. You were heroes to your students and everyone in the Quartiera adored you. And they loved you. But then off to China you went. For the love of God, China! Living in Nanyang was hard. I grant you that. I loved the university, but I was not sorry to leave. Then off we all go with you to California just when the war is breaking out. And then to Puerto Rico with the hurricanes. I didn't make the war or the hurricanes. I am only saying that if you and I found someplace safe to live the rest of our lives... And where would that be, Mama? Where are the places that there isn't one weather disaster after another and nobody's fighting for control of clean water? Germany has not been so much affected. A few degrees hotter, yes, and more rain. And you want to go home. I understand, but you remember I was six years old when we left, right? Of course. I'm saying I have no connection to the place. I've forgotten the language. I've forgot that I even am German. But you are. Not like you, Mama. You've never even lost your accent. In fact... I think it's getting thicker as the years go by. And how long had I lived and spoken there before we left? I'm not mocking you. Mama, it's charming. People here enjoy it. But you, there is no accent in the way you speak at all. You sound like you are from nowhere. Because you are not connected to any place. What? Why do you look that way? You said connected. The, the word just keeps coming up. It's important. It's just that... When I heard the voice that sounded like Papa... Yes, he said, you must remain connected. And Dr. Mason keeps hearing someone say the same thing. I suppose you are hearing it because it is true. Yes, but how do we hear it? And why the same words? It's it's still a mystery. One of a dozen mysteries that... You see, Mama, this... This is why I can't leave here. I'm not walking away from the mission. I have a responsibility to keep that man out in space safe from all of the inexplicable things that are happening around him and... Just for myself, I have to know why all those things are happening. Dr. Mason, your life signal is fading in and out. Well, there's all kinds of 
exposed wiring down here, and I, I mean not bare wires, just bundles that aren't shielded. That could cause interference. It's also pretty narrow right here. Are you sure I'm in the right place? It's pitch dark in here, and if I hadn't still been carrying my flashlight... You're in service conduit L21, and that's right where you should be. I'm sorry about the lighting, though. I really can't explain that. Yeah, and I thought it would be, I thought it would be 0G the whole way. No, the entire aft section rotates. Just wishing I could walk on the ceiling right now. It would. I can't imagine engineers or anybody going through here all the time. The cross section should be three meters square. Oh, uh, well, okay, yeah, the bulkheads are three meters apart, but there's all kinds of... I, I don't know what all this stuff is. The engineers must have been in the middle of a project when, when whatever happened to them happened. That's possible. Prithvi, do you have any record of that? That's affirmative flight. Engineers were scheduled to exchange fluid vapor regulators through that conduit before the explosion occurred. And you didn't know that before we sent them down there? I'm sorry, flight. Didn't think we needed to review the service log. Well, okay, that does explain why it's so cramped right in this this corridor. It, it looks like they had the new units on the floor and they'd taken the old ones out when... Uh... Yeah, I'm sorry about this, doctor. You should back out of there and let's try a different route. Uh, yeah, okay. That sounds like a good... Oh, Doctor? We've lost his signal. Dr. Mason, please respond. Relativity, episode 32, in which Chris and Marta go to dark places. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Stephanie Lindsay, Clarence Brown, Lee Shackelford, and Scotty Moore. The part of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, like us on social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.